Welcome to Dyslexics Wanted, produced by the Web Innovation Center for Dyslexia. This is Jordan Rich. This podcast celebrates the unique strengths and creativity so often the hallmark of people with dyslexia. Today's guest in the podcast is a young man making his name in the world of science fiction literature. You're about to meet Andrew Nering, and we'll be talking about his projects, including his latest, David Massey and the Quantum Flux. Andrew's journey through dyslexia is unique, as they all are. And I have a feeling you'll find his story of perseverance and success as a writer pretty darn inspiring. Well, we're going to talk about David Massey and the Quantum Flux, but I think we should talk about you, Andrew. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. All right. Before we get into the work, which is very creative and exciting, everyone has a story. We love to have people share their dyslexic experiences with us to, to sort of set the stage. So... Where does it all start for you, this so challenge we'll with go, dyslexia? We'll go back to uh, first, second grade when I was, like, learning everything. Um, I have an auditory and photographic memory. And when I was going through and learning the words to read and, all, and like, writing, I had terrible handwriting. Still do. And it's crazy, my process, because I, I write literally all on this page, and it's like, it looks like uh, hieroglyphics. So, so, so you're you're what first second grade, and that's when you're noticing that you're not with the rest of the class in certain areas. It's it's weird. So I was learning all the words, right, and I knew the words individually. I memorized all the words, and so as I got to like from I got through second grade, third grade, fourth grade, and right around fifth grade, I was my brother actually got diagnosed with dyslexia and stuff. And so at that time I'm reading, but I'm not understanding anything I'm reading. Mm. I'm just giving back to like giving back what the thing says, not comprehending it because mm-hmm. I'm going through and just memorizing the words. And so my brother got dyslexia and he, then I got tested and it turns out I was dysgraphic and dyslexic. What does dysgraphic mean per Exactly. So uh, my handwriting, I write, uh, I have a weird way I write. It's like uh, my hand's like curved. And on top of that, it like I'll mess up like capital instead of lowercase. And it's it's mm. very messy handwriting. Okay. okay. All right. So you're tested. And um, I, I, what school system area did you grow up in? So I went in like uh, the northern suburbs. I went to a Catholic school. And it's weird. They didn't even have much of a uh, system to deal with this. This is in Chicago in that area. Yeah, like northern suburbs. Okay. That's where I grew okay. up. All right. So they test you and then what happens? I mean, do they put you in a different class or are they giving you instruction above and beyond or what? So I got tested and then it turned out I had dyslexia and dysgraphia. Uh, I, they, my school was a Catholic school, so they didn't have any real thing to help me at all. And so I went to a tutor every Saturday morning for like four hours. And she, she worked with me on comprehension because literally I could read a whole page to you. I not knowing anything I said, but it didn't even sound, it sounded like I knew what I was saying. So I ran into a lot of problems with teachers thinking there was nothing wrong with me. And that right. carried on into high school. So you, you can fake it, but 
it, ultimately you're going to be stumbling because you don't really know what you're faking, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I did this touring. I kind of got over the comprehension. I read and like my reading actually went slower from like, like I was reading it faster when I didn't comprehend it than, uh, than not. But so I get into high school, right? So seventh, eighth grade is really when I started getting over this comprehension issue. And uh, I get to high school and uh, I get teachers that think that totally thought I was faking it. Like this one time is my physics professor. He pulled me and my parents in and she, and they sat me down. He's like, look, he does not need any of this stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, are you kidding me? And my parents just went livid. And so I actually, and then eventually just switched teachers went into, uh, from, physics uh like AP physics or something to practical aspects of physics Mm. must be it must be so frustrating and i've talked to so many people who would agree when you're you're trying to be heard and no one's listening in terms of the teacher in this case yeah and so that was definitely a problem and there was a couple teachers like that but at the same time there was also a couple teachers that really went out of their way to help me become who I am today. Like, uh, the writer you see before yourself. Um, so what happened was my freshman year and my sophomore year English teacher, they were the most impactful. Right. And even after going through all this, uh, this, I don't want to say training, but tutoring, Mm -hmm or reading comprehension, it was still very daunting for me to even read a book. I didn't, I didn't like it. It took a lot of time and it's a complete 180 now, but back in that time. So I'm freshman year. They want us to do a book report. You choose a book on the, uh, on the shelf. And so I'm scanning the shelf looking for the smallest book I can find because <laughs> I did not want to read this at all. And I remember I pulled out this book it didn't really have a title on the back, and it was Beowulf. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the yeah. early one of the early books that I think we all can recognize, right? Yeah, and so it was by the crazy. way, not easy to read. By the way, not, not easy. Old English, and I was I was completely enthralled with this very gory, very. It's not. It doesn't read like today's English at all. You know, it's it's a little. It's a little aged. Yes, yes. <laughs> like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah, but I loved it. And so I ended up doing two book reports on Beowulf that year. And it was great. And so literally my next year, so I kind of got over this fear of books. I started like reading. And then my next year I have my uh, my sophomore teacher, Mrs. Topple. And she really taught me like to write like she like the first assignment was like write about whatever you want it doesn't have to be a book report doesn't have to be anything and at the time i'm big into world of warcraft i write so another thing with dyslexia and this happens to me today and I've noticed this with other dyslexic writers is like the first draft of our thing of our thing is just 
mine at least is just a straight paragraph for like hmm. for like pages on pages and so you have to go through edit it and all that and it's a nightmare but uh because and so basically i come to my teacher with a 16 page like uh one paragraph and oh, based uh, based on the world of warcraft is that what you're saying yeah, it was like based off my like of world of warcraft okay, okay. you know i had like it was like warring factions and all that i i loved it but uh it was funny because this this person took so much time to help me like organize this and you know it i never went back on that story but the time she put in really helped me hmm. to formulate my stuff today that's really a nice story uh, and it's points out so beautifully that it's people who help us along the way who make such a difference. You know, early on you had people who weren't necessarily listening and weren't getting it, but it sounds like you had some wonderful teachers in high school. Yeah, they they definitely helped me get to the point I am mm. today. And it's not like I still like I still struggle with dyslexia like uh, I'll put, I'll put like a uh, sentence before the other, I'll mix up the words. But it's working through all that stuff, and it it takes time, it takes dedication, but it is – writing a book for me is like one of the most satisfying things. Well, writing a book, and I've done one myself, is so time-consuming and so – it saps a lot of creative energy, and I don't have dyslexia, so I'm just wondering, you know, do you have shortcuts? Do you have things that you do that, that you've learned along the way to uh, make it easier? So I have process. That's the only, it, it does not make it anything easier, but it's a way of organizing. So I have the idea discovery phase, where that could be anywhere from like one to six months of just thinking about the, the book jotting things down in like i have these legal pads and so this is where the bad handwriting comes in because it's like when you look at these legal pads it looks like uh, egyptian hieroglyphics almost but um so we go through i get all the uh ideas i want on the page and then when i feel comfortable enough i take all those ideas and do a chapter by chapter outline and it could just be like chapter one, you know, this scene. And I just elaborated. And then the most draining part is going through those chapters, throwing it on the page. And I agree. It's like, I don't know. Like I can't, I can barely function after like I've written, <laughs> you know. So tell me about the first uh, writing experience outside of school. I mean, we all know okay. we, we have assignments and we all do them, but when you really start to get out there and write, you're now writing for you. Tell me about that. So I remember this so clearly. So I'm in college. I'm in my, I want to say I'm 22. So I want to say I'm in my junior year of college. And I am, it was, I was going through, my friend died of a fentanyl overdose. Mm and all this other stuff. And I remember just thinking like, and this story just kept coming to my head. And this was Corrupted Light Chronicles. I remember I wrote out the whole story in a weekend and it wasn't in POV. It was just like a whole paragraph that was like mm. a book 
basically. And I had to go through and like, it was, if you read that now, you'd be like, this is not the work of Andrew M. Nearing, you know? Um, it was, it was terrible the first draft, but I kept working on it through that summer into the, and then ended up releasing it in Christmas of that year. And I was very happy with it. But it, it, It's interesting. You say you, you unloaded this huge paragraph. I, I do know writers, uh, not necessarily with dyslexia who do similar things. They, it's like a Jackson Pollock painting. They throw everything in there and then they pare it down and edit and edit and edit. I mean, it's, it's interesting. The processes uh, that we do come up with. It's kind of like, it is like art, like, uh, like a Jackson Pollock or like a, uh, I like to think of it kind of like a statue, you know, how like they have to chisel it out of the chunk of marble. Mm. So me throwing that paragraph on the page is like me throwing the marble on the slab. And that takes mm. the most effort because, you know, you got to carry that. That's a heavy that load. <laughs> you know, science fiction, and I'm a huge fan, um, enables us to dream and believe and and still uh, work through human uh, emotion and human feeling and human frailties. It's a fascinating medium. Do you think that because of your upbringing and because you didn't maybe read as much early on that science fiction was more attractive to you? And if so, how does science fiction work its way through your life beyond writing good science fiction? I mean, do you watch a lot of sci-fi films? Do you watch, do you read comics? I mean, what, what's your take? So I consider myself a, a uh, I'm definitely a deep diver in all things, science fiction, anime, uh, fantasy, basically my whole, like, I've always been so like in love with like movies, TV, all that. And the big things for like, I grew up loving star Wars, like giant star, star Wars nerd. And I love star Trek. I love Lord of the Rings. And then I got into anime and that's just a whole nother expansive world where it's like, Oh my gosh. Like, now, at, at the same time, were you starting to read more and, you know, looking at some of the great sci-fi writers of the past and present? And if so, who, who attracted your attention? Okay, so I really do like, I can't remember the uh, author's name, but the, the person who wrote Ender's Game. Oh, Orson was, Scott Card. Yeah, I love the way he wrote that. But I also love the way like stories like uh, One Piece are told and Star Wars. Like I love the idea of like how they were able to tell it. And as I started thinking about writing, I started looking at all these, all these great franchises and looking at them and being like, so this is how they played their, their, uh, their timeline out for the book. You know, like it's like uh, you character discovery, uh, conflict you know mm. training and it's it's so interesting looking at all of these because i grew up such a star wars fan like i had all the action figures all the all the legos and i remember i always like make these little worlds in my head and like put myself in the star wars universe and when i make a series now it's really just something i'm super passionate about because i'm trying to make something that like 
what out of what I loved when I was a kid. Isn't that great that you're doing something and you're obviously entertaining many, many others, but you're entertaining yourself, creating these these worlds, which we'll we'll talk about in specifics in a moment. I I love it. So David Mass and the Quantum Flux is like based off of uh, it has a lot of Star Wars, but it, I also love the I want to say I want to say the word rhythm, but the rhythm of Indiana Jones you know, like how he's going into these crazy places and it's like there's traps and all this stuff. Meanwhile, in, so this is in David Massey, he has uh, this dark armored figure always lurking and that it's, he's kind of like the Darth Vader of this Mm. universe. Is it aimed at young readers particularly? Uh, What's, what are you looking for in terms of an audience? Who did you? Middle grade to YA. Yeah. and definitely, it's aimed for everybody, but I think uh, boys would really like it. And is David Massey the name significant in any way? Yes. Shape, so or David Matt. Well, it's actually interesting because I thought of this idea, and I'm like, "What is a good name?" And then I'm literally sitting in, I'm laying in my bed with my fiance, and it's midnight. We, she just went to sleep, and I'm like, "That's it. It's David Massey." She's like, will you, will you shut up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would think uh, she probably knows you're you're kind of odd to begin with. If you're a sci-fi uh, writer and a sci-fi freak, I'm married to somebody who feels the same way about me. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so looking at your career, um, uh, the the option of becoming a writer when you're in third grade, it's probably the furthest thing from your mind, since you're having so much trouble reading and understanding, but. Do you sometimes pinch yourself, uh, Andrew, that that you're at this point and you're just developing a fan base like you are? It's crazy looking at like it's more so like when I look at my book and it's like I wrote this Mm. and people like it. (laughs) So it's it's great. Like I love the fact that people like my books, like all that stuff. And I really like saying like a lot. No, but I am so passionate about this project and I I love what I'm putting out there. So so I have a question uh, just in terms of the the numbers. Um, When you do a series, do you know in your head, uh, I'm going to go 10 books, I'm going to go six, 50. I mean, or is it to have a life of its own? So with my first book, Corrupted Light Chronicles, which is kind of like more uh, Lord of the Rings esque. Mm hmm. And takes uh, my love of like D and D and stuff like that. Uh, that was originally only supposed to be one book, but at the end, I put in this. I could not resist putting this twist at the end that made the book so crazy, and led into the second book, which, uh, which is Abominations, which is my favorite book out of that series. And so with that one, I'm now like, okay, I probably have five books. But when I wrote David Massey, I definitely envisioned at least five books. I'd say the more of the model I'm going for is like a, uh, at least for a David Massey, would be like uh, George Lucas's model. Oh, that's a good model to, to yeah. fashion yourself. There's one more thing. I, I'm just reading the plot points, and uh, it does say that uh, David spends his days fending off the class bully. There are some of you in that character. 
there there is some of me in that character and it's also people i knew who had to go through like those experiences as well and i thought it was important to have uh because my editors wanted me to change that uh and i i thought you know this adds good conflict and it's something people go through and i want i want people to know that like you can overcome anything well you certainly are proving it uh with the the hard copy books that are out there and it's a a growing universe that you're creating creating your own world that's so cool isn't it yeah it, i love it and uh I, I guess i'll reveal that i'm working on a comic too so uh, uh, somehow i'm not surprised i i had a feeling that you were going to move in that direction how can people uh get a hold of you via the web do you have a website that you like I to share do. It's uh, www.andrewmnearing.com. Excellent. Great. I know a lot of people who hear these podcasts called Dyslexics Wanted uh, get a sense that there is so much positivity if people are allowed to follow their dreams and, and not be secluded and, and, and blocked from being creative. And you certainly do prove that every day. And when are you getting married? You mentioned a fiancé. We're getting married uh, summer of 22, so I'm excited. All right. That's exciting. She's She knows what she's in for, though, right? Yeah. She's <laughs> going to Japan afterwards. So. Excellent. Excellent. Very excited. Well, congratulations on the latest called David Massey and the Quantum Flux. And uh, science fiction leads the way in so many areas, and uh, you're another pioneer in that area. Thanks for joining us on Dyslexics Wanted. Thoroughly enjoyed this. I know I stumbled around a little bit at the beginning, but uh, hopefully I ended strong. You and you were strong throughout as far as I'm concerned. And uh, anybody who can punch these books out as quickly as you can with so much energy and skill is, uh, is okay in our book. Thank you again, my friend. No problem. Thank you. Check out the work of our friend, including David Massey in the Quantum Flux's latest novel. It's Andrew Nering, N-E-H-R-I-N-G, Andrew Nering, a rising star in the sci-fi community. And thanks for listening to Dyslexics Wanted. Please feel free to contact us at our new web address, dyslexicswanted.org. That's dyslexicswanted.org. We welcome guest or topic suggestions. We want to share your story. Dyslexics Wanted is a production of the Web Innovation Center for Dyslexia.